Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell. I am the co-host, and that is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And uh, we do this little ditty called Solid Steps Radio. And uh, we are a show for men by men. We talk about stuff from a guy's perspective. We have lots of lady listeners, and that's wonderful. We love anybody who will listen to our show. But predominantly, we want to talk to guys. And uh, we just want to be a tool in your toolbox, men. There's a lot of noise out in this world. And we just want to be able to be a source to talk about some of the important stuff that can just slip through the cracks of your day-to-day life. You hear a lot about sports and politics and a lot of other things, but we want to talk about the things that last into eternity. And we believe here at Solid Steps that you are, a, you are living out your destiny as a man if you are walking with Jesus Christ and becoming a son of God through him. So, um, yeah, that's what we hope and, and, and believe here. So. Today's show, we and we're again, passionate about that. We are so uh, today's show, we are talking about a topic that is, um, it's some people can be for what this culture is politically correct culture. We it gets sometimes get lost in the shuffle of of the importance of uh, people who who serve our country. And I remember a see, Veterans Day is going to be coming up, depending on when you hear this. It could be months or years after the fact, but Veterans Day is coming up here next week. And I remember a specific Veterans Day a couple years ago. I'm in this group, a networking group for business, and we meet every Wednesday and we have lunch every Wednesday. And this one particular Wednesday at this location we used to meet at, they also have what was called the uh, the Purple Heart Club. And it would be all the veterans who ever earned a Purple Heart. And they would have a lunch once a week. So you see all these, these you know, older guys kind of <laughs> schlepping in. They got their hats on and, and they're making their way in. And, I'm, I, and we're making our way into our meeting. And you know, you're walking across the parking lot with someone, and all of a sudden you're walking stride with stride with someone. And I look over to this gentleman and, uh, and, and he had a, a Purple Heart badge on, right? And so I, you know, I said, looked over at him. It was, it was Veterans Day. I said, uh, you know, thank you for your service. I really appreciate all you've done. And I said, so you had a Purple Heart? And he just paused and he sheepishly looked up at me and he raised two fingers and he's like he goes I got two and he didn't want to say it like he he was so humble he didn't even want to say he just held up two fingers like I've got two and I'm like I'm standing next to a giant of a man this guy must have been five foot eight or five foot nine but he had two purple hearts and I was like walking with greatness and this gentleman walking into this room and we're going to talk today these guys aren't as great we're in the room but I'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) that's for sure but uh we're we're talking they have giant hearts yeah exactly well we're we're talking to a couple a couple marines and uh we're going to talk about serving your country and what that meant to them and uh, what it means to us is is the folks they serve. So, Chad, when uh, I met with Van and we had coffee together, and he's starting to tell me these military stories, you know. Both these guys are Marines. And uh, Van s- starts sharing some of these crazy stories when he was in Desert Storm. And I go, we have got to get these guys on the show. So, Van Anderson, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kurt. Lawson Brown, man, it is great to see you, brother. You too, Kurt. Thanks. Man, I, you it's know, good to be here. It's uh, so good to have both of you guys. I have incredible respect for both of you. I remember, um, I, I can't believe you've been gone for 14, uh, from the, 14 years from the yeah. Louisville area. Lawson. I miss Louisville. It's great. Uh, but uh, you're, you're hanging, hanging tough down in Georgia. Yep. Um, and uh, Van, you've been, uh, you've been here in Louisville area for how long? Yeah, so I grew up here in the Fern Creek area and then left you know, for uh, college in the Marine Corps, but came back in 95. 95 been back ever since that's right okay so let, let, let's just jump right in guys uh first of all i just want to veterans day is coming up i want to thank you 
Thank you for serving our country. Thank you. And not just uh, being in the military, but actually, uh, I mean, just willing to sacrifice and um, go through suffering. And um, tell our listeners, you know, Chad brought up the whole Purple Heart. What do you have to do to get a Purple Heart? (laughs) Thankfully, I didn't have to. I didn't earn one. Um, But yet you have to be injured uh, in combat to to earn a a Purple Heart. Mm. But both of you served in, uh, you were in Desert Storm Band. And uh, Lawson, you were in Somalia. Mm -hmm. uh, What years were you in Somalia uh, serving? Uh, 92, 93. 92. It was like a six-month stint over there Mm -hmm. um but let's back up a little bit how in the world did you guys get into involved in the military yeah you know i think i've got a family history of uh of service i have several uncles that served in world war ii and korea and vietnam my dad was in the coast guard so that was there i don't know that that was necessarily the catalyst uh to to how i became interested in the military just something within me i was just always interested in in uh, being in the military, and at some point along the along the way, became interested in the Marine Corps. I remember my mom telling me when I was telling her I was interested in the military. I specifically remember this. You know how you have an image of conversations of, of mom yes. speaking into your life. Yes, and mom said, "Well, whatever you do, don't join the Marines because it's just a hard life. It's tough, and you'll sleep in a mud hole and you know live in the jungle." And so you're like, "Ooh, keep it coming." Yes, I'm like, "Well, that sounds <laughs> that sounds perfect. like me." Yeah. <laughs> So it's that. Did you? Okay. So you're what are you a teenager when she she's telling you this? Probably, no, probably younger. I'd say uh, sixth grade or something. And, and and she's saying don't go into the Marines. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, whatever you do, don't go into yeah. the Marines. And in your mind, you're going, ah, uh, that's what I want to go do. Right. So like a typical boy, for all the moms out there, be careful what the what you say to your sons because it's a challenge. If you tell them you can't do something or you shouldn't do something, then most boys will take that as a challenge and. For me, that sealed it. I had to be a Marine at that point. And then later on, I got went to Fern Creek High School. I was in the junior Marine Corps Junior ROTC unit there. And we would take trips every spring break. So for spring break, they would take us to a military, uh, a Marine Corps or Navy base somewhere. So one year we went to Quantico, Virginia, which is where they train all the Marines, Marine officers. And um, we, uh, we you know got to shoot guns and a patrol through the woods and all that stuff and get dirty and then we took a half day and, and all this while this is happening van you're like going this is so i loved awesome. it this loved is- it yeah <laughs> and then we took a half day and went to annapolis which is just an hour hour and a half away from quantico toured the naval academy and it's you know my first step on the on the yard they call the campus the yard the yard there um but it's a beautiful campus it's on the chesapeake bay and severn river on another side it's just beautiful and at that point, I knew I had to. I had to go there. You walked on campus yeah. at the Naval Academy, and you go, "I have got to go here." Yeah. How old were you then? I was in high school then. I'd actually become interested in the Air Force Academy first. Long story, but I wanted to fly, and uh, and then found out through my affiliation in Marine ROTC that the Marines obviously have pilots as well. So I, at that point, I wanted to be a Marine pilot. Mm. And so when you you're already in the ROTC in high school, and uh, and then you applied for the Naval Academy. Right. And uh, you said it before the show, Van, that uh, your your uh, the re- the reason why they let you in oh, was because of yeah. your ability to to shoot. Yeah. You you were a, a that was a yeah that helped a lot. I was in the ROTC. I shot on the rifle team, and we shot competitively, and um, traveled around the the region shooting. And so I was nationally ranked as a shooter, and 
my coach at Fern Creek, Colonel Smith, uh, made contact with the rifle coach uh, at Navy and, you know, shared my scores and all that. And he became interested in me and eventually recruited me to Navy. And there you don't get technically recruited as an athlete, but if a coach wants an athlete, um, then that kind of puts you in a separate pool from all the other candidates. And I had really good grades. Uh, ACT scores weren't super great. Probably not good enough to get me in without that rifle team experience. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And I'm Lawson, surprised how many similarities we have. I didn't yeah. know about the pilot thing. I didn't know about the shooting thing. So, yeah. so, so Lawson, share how, how in the world did you get involved in the military and become yeah. a, eventually a, a Marine? How'd that happen? Sort of a similar path. Um, mine started in high school. I was just interested in the ROTC program, and uh, I went to a really large school in Macon, Georgia. It just wasn't big enough to play on the football team. I got demolished and wasn't an athlete enough in, in other ways. Um, but I uh, was attracted to the ROTC stuff and leadership. Um, so that's kind of what drew me to it. Um, while doing the ROTC program, I was being mentored by a, a former Army first sergeant. Uh, who was, you know, that that's his, that was his job back then, sort of a retired guy that was investing in kids through instructing at the ROTC program. And he put together a shooting team, a rifle team, and we traveled all over Georgia, were nationally ranked, and um, that's what got me uh, admittance into uh, North Georgia College and University in Dahlonega. Uh, my grades were weak, my ACT scores were weak, <laughs> And but you could shoot a gun. I could, yeah, I could nail it. <laughs> and so um, that's interesting that that's just now after now we've known each other yeah, twenty years. So okay, so so were you in the ROTC um, in at college too? I was. That yeah, it's a it's a back then. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what it is now, but yeah, it was. It's a it's a very well respected army program, um, of which there are many in the country, but North Georgia is is one of the nationally ranked programs. For Army ROTC, and my second year, I roomed with a guy who was a Marine enlisted guy. So he was a Marine Corporal reservist, and um, he and I to this day he's you know one of my closest friends. Thirty years later, um, we developed a, a relationship there, kind of a not quite big brother at the time, but close. Mm-hmm. And man, there was just such a difference in him versus all the other ar- exposure to, to the Army guys that I had interacted with at that point. Um, so hold on to, to that, Lawson, because mm-hmm. I, I want to continue to unpack how you sh- kind of shifted from Army mm-hmm. to becoming a Marine, and then we want to talk about, uh, in this ne- next segment about your experiences overseas and actually in combat and all that. We need to take a break, though. So we'll take a break, and we'll come back on our next segment on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell, and that's Kurt Souter, and we are talking veterans today and serving your country and what it's like from a military perspective. And you want to talk about being militant about your money, LNN Credit Union. They are very militant on taking care of your finances. Checking, <laughs> nice segment. Very those. well done. Personal, business, whatever it might be, online banking, credit cards, loans, you name it. LNN Credit Union, they've been a local lender in our community, just embedded here and really... Uh, they, they're, you're more than money to them. You're a person, and they really want to take care of you over at LNN Credit Union and Vision First Eye Care. If you want to see straight, see well, 
Vision First will take care of you, whether it's contacts, glasses, or you name it, they will take care of your overall health. You would not you would be amazed at what Dr. Rollo and his crew can find out about your health just by looking at your eyeball. They have <laughs> I'm telling you, they take a picture of my eyeball and go, There's your there's the your brain. He can see a picture of your brain kind of stemming is in that, from your eyeball and I'm like, Man, they can it's pretty good. So um, <laughs> Vision First, you should take care. They'll take care of your eyes if they'll take care of you as well on uh, Vision First. Okay, so uh, Lawson, you, you're you at college, you're in North Georgia, and you're in the ROTC Army, and you connect with a Marine, and you go, you know, I, 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 we talked about um, in the break, you know, man, Proverbs says, man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. And God, and you, you, you weren't even probably maybe walking with God in a close way, but God still works, and God's moving, and he moved you from Army ROTC to, to move into the Marines. Yeah, and it was just as important now that I'm looking back that that this guy Pete and I connected because we've been lifelong friends, friends ever since, and you know our families are connected. That's what's way more important to me than what branch of the service it was, you know, one way or the other. Um, but I just, you know, I heard his stories. He's a great storyteller. He talked about boot camp and other things that he'd done. And I was like, ah, something just clicked. And so that's that's the branch that I decided to go into. So, you know, fast forward years later, graduated. Um, I had been an enlisted Marine. So I, I, between my second and third year, went to uh, boot camp at Paris Island. Was an uh, enlisted Marine, helped pay for college, uh, that sort of thing. And then graduated and went to Quantico, Virginia, for OCS, which is the Officer Candidate School, sort of another boot camp. Um, and Army ROTC didn't, no credits applied to the Marine Corps. They're like, that's that's nice that you did that, doesn't count. Start over, uh, I didn't have the, the advantage or the intellect like young Van did to go to the <laughs> Naval Academy in Annapolis. Uh, so I had to do it the old fashioned hard way, regular way. Um, and you, and because of you, you were a sharpshooter as well. I mean that uh, that uh, yeah that I mean that got me into college and did that for a couple of years and um, then again later on in the Marine Corps shot on the uh, Marine Corps Far East uh, Division team while I was stationed in Okinawa uh, sort of near the end of my active duty career career <laughs> that's an overstatement <laughs> my time service yeah um, and then became a, a got out. Uh, of active got got off active duty, yeah, but stayed in the reserves. Um, went on to be a captain in the Marine Corps as a military police uh, reservist in Pittsburgh, and then we moved to Louisville. And I went back to school um, here at Bellarmine and got a, a an MBA. And so that was a weekend kind of program, and I just couldn't handle, you know, All young them. kids MBA on the weekend and reservist on the weekend. So that's when it you know, 11 years total kind of 11 shifted. Years, 11 years total. Van, Van, how many years total? Yeah, 10. Four, four in Annapolis and then just over six years active duty in the Marine Corps. Okay, so um, um, 10, 11. Talk, talk with us. Talk to our listeners about what it means to go into combat. Um, you, uh, you know, uh, Lawson, you said you served in Somalia. Mm-hmm. That... Uh, and, and in the break, I go, that, isn't that where Black Hawk Down? I mean, you know, kind of the famous movie, Black Hawk Down. You go, yeah, that's... Talk to us about f- both of your perspectives. I mean, bullets are flying everywhere. 
and um, and bombs going off, and and you know, be, be actually before you even are there, what's going through your minds as you know, Van Desert Storm, all the dynamics of war. Yeah, l- let me just say something first that that. Uh, my perspective on what I did, what some of uh, the friends that I know specifically did compared to kind of post 9-11 combat in Afghanistan, uh, you know, in the streets of Iraq, um, World War II, the Korean War, you know, my experience in a firefighting zone compared to what I consider to be combat is those guys were losing people all the time every day we lost americans you know in the in the world wars by the thousands yes um what i experienced in in somalia i believe pales in comparison to some of the real heroes that helped change the world for the better and protect our country uh the way they did so um but 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 nevertheless you you're in the middle of war mm-hmm. and you're in the middle of fire and you're um i mean that's going on around I, and when you mention that my you know my father-in-law served in korea mm-hmm. in the korean war and you know I, I mean again that's why we wanted to do this show because we just want to say you, you guys are representing all our military are the men and women who have served through the last you know centuries for the freedom that we have in this country and we just say thank you um, we're forever grateful. But take our listeners to um, your mindset before you go to Somalia, before you, you go to Desert Storm. W- what's going through your minds, uh, <laughs> you know, as you are... Oh, no. Yeah, as, oh. You, as you prepare. Yeah. Because, yeah. I, you know, as, an, as, a, as my wife would, you know, say, we lowly civilians, um, yeah. uh, you know, we, d- we just don't understand fully what that's like. Yeah. It... P- I, I kind of think it's similar to you're practicing and rehearsing for the game. And then when it, when it comes game time, it's a mixture of excitement. excitement, like, awesome, here we go. And, oh, no, what have I gotten myself into? Right. It's, this is now real. Yeah. Um, and for me at the time, it was, you know, 24 years old. I had just checked into the battalion in 29 Palms, California. Um, you know, so I'm a young lieutenant, fresh out of the box, uh, checking in um, to a kind of a famous infantry unit within the Marine Corps. Super proud of that. And then literally months later, like I, I just had learned everyone's name in my platoon that I was, you know, responsible for. We're, we're leaving. We, we've got word. We're orders to go to Mogadishu. And like you're what, what is that? Where is that? No idea what that means. And, uh, you know, intelligence reports are pouring in on what's happening in that country and why we're going to what we're getting ready to go do, what we're going to, ex- you know, encounter. What, and, no, uh, no, no, what, what are they telling you of what you will encounter? Warlords that have taken over the country um, that were... Um, had you know produced a kind of a coup a revolution took over the government um and were enslaving people killing women children babies 
it was just wild west. There was no government. Um, it's it's where the Al Qaeda um, roots were beginning to to grow. Um, and, and, so, that, and so, Lawson, as they're telling you this, you're like, okay, these guys are crazy. And there's, I mean, how much, as you as you said, you know, it's kind of game time. How much fear is going? Are you experiencing? Uh, yeah, it's is, it's is, it's legit fear. Uh, but you're also surrounded by a thousand Marines. You know, you're one of a thousand that are with lots of guns, armed to the teeth. <laughs> you were you were probably one of the safest people in the country, yes. right? Surrounded by that. I mean, many like people, you, right? yeah, you feel like we're ready for this. We've trained, we, and we are going to uh, take over. We're going to go help these people. We're going to calm this 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 craziness down, mm-hmm. and we've got serious horsepower to mm-hmm. make it happen. Right. Hey, I, I was going to ask. What came to mind was you hear people say, we're not supposed to be the police of the world. Mm-hmm. And you can so easily say something like, why are we going there? <clears throat> Did you ever, when you were there thinking, boy, if you all saw what I saw, you would understand that we need to be here? Or were there ever moments you're like, why am I here? I mean, either one of you. Um, I, maybe you can take it a, a different direction, Van. I, I I have all often thought of if you're just walking down the street and you see some thug beating up an old lady or a kid, do you just look at it and go, "Look, I'm I'm not the police. I'm just gonna I'm just mind gonna, my business." I'm just gonna and keep so walking. There's a balance, I think, politically, and I know we're not going to go down the, the the trail there, but there's a balance of our interests nationwide. I think our intelligence community knows a whole lot more than we need to know uh we were pointed in that direction and now after the fact we find that a lot of what we disrupted was the early stages of the development of terror cells so yes we saved a lot of lives we we restored order um which is a police function maybe to a degree sure but we were there to uncover more than making sure that people got fed wow we're gonna yeah. we're gonna talk uh, Desert Storm next segment, Van. But we need to take a break. So we'll be back here shortly. We're gonna talk to to Van and Lawson more about their military experience and also what was it like coming back out of the military and kind of coming back into society. And uh, we'll talk more about that in the next segment on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter, we're here with Lawson and Van, and we are talking, that sounds like a good group name, Lawson and Van. <laughs> we're talking business. about the Let's military experience. Well, I thought they were brothers. When I first met them like 15 years ago or whatever, I thought they were brothers. I, and they, well, they are. They are. They, they, brothers well, arms, I, I, I mean, they, brother, they are <laughs> brothers in arms. In a couple, couple of ways. What does what Semper Fi Brothers mean? from another mother. Semper Fi means... Always faithful. Always faithful. And we got a couple of Marines in here, and that's the motto of the Marines. And we want to thank uh, also our very faithful sponsors, Bright Star Home Care. They take care of folks in some of the most uh, intricate part of their lives. If you have a loved one who has onset dementia, is physically unable to take care of themselves, starting to show signs of that, Bright Star Home Care helps take uh, you through that navigation process to say, hey, how do I take care of my loved ones, whether they need once a week check-in or 24-hour day service, Bright Star Home Care helps do that. And then Frank Brothers, uh, no, Frank, Frank. Enterprises. <laughs> There's a Frank 
Brothers Auto Body, and they're not a sponsor of the show, but they do good work. They just got a free uh, yeah, ad. There you go. And if Frank Enterprises, what they do, they have an even more important <laughs> job. Uh, if your septic tank is not working properly, Frank Enterprises. That's a serious issue. That is a serious issue. They will come out and take <laughs> care of your, any kind of water drainage issues. If you got water that's not supposed to be going where it's supposed to go, Frank Enterprises can take care of that. We want to thank them both for sponsoring our shoe. Okay, so Chad, I'm meeting with Van. We're having coffee, and he's telling me, and so Van, here you are on the radio, because I, I, you, you told me this story. You're in the middle of the desert. You haven't had a shower in how many days? 30 days. 30. You have yeah. not Ooh, had a shower. That's right. good and ripe. That was that's serious. Right. There was some serious ripeness going on. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a um, bit warm there, as yes, I recall. Yes, it was. It was 128 degrees when we landed in uh, the Port Jabal, Saudi Arabia. Wait a minute. 128 degrees like that was the temperature or with your all your gear on? No, 128 degrees was the temperature at the airfield how can you survive in that it's very it's very difficult it's very challenging at one point i drank five (laughs) gallons of water a day at i was 150 pounds soaking wet back then and so you drank five gallons so five gallons of water weighs about 40 pounds about seven or eight pounds per gallon of water right Uh it's about 40 pounds were you in a contest or something? Um, I should have been, and I would have won. <laughs> but I, drink your body weight. Yeah. So okay, so it's 128 degrees. You haven't had a shower in 30 days. Yeah. And I remember you 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 told me, Van. Um, yes, that's you know we needed a shower. Tell our listeners how you got after the 30 days. Now now Lawson, you you chimed in. You said, well, I didn't have a shower for it was it 18. No, days? you asked. Oh, I asked, and you said eight. eight it was 18 days. 18 days. Similar, I mean, I, I super mean, hot, 120, 130 degrees on the ground, <laughs> and it was this nasty. So it was on the equator, basically close to the equator, um, in Somalia near Mogadishu. Humid. Yeah, right on the ocean. Yeah. And uh, the dirt was this, like, silty, fine baby powder, but colored orange. So everything was orange. Truck goes blowing by, you just get covered in silt and dust. And um, and you don't have a shower for Super for you, hot. For 18 days. And, yeah. and very grossly nasty. I'm, and I'm, I'm being serious here. It was dead bodies everywhere. Like, all over the place. Dead bodies, dead animal bodies carcasses so flies and oh, just it was stench. disgusting you could smell it bodies burning in the pit um because these you know these bandits had just been running around the country doing whatever they wanted to do and so there was trash everywhere it was on fire they would just throw bodies in there so it was disgusting it was disgusting so a shower uh felt amazing, amazing. and then so we were we were in a safe little airfield that we had set a perimeter around and got a shower brought in a shower unit, and uh, it was awesome. Everybody's whooping it up, you know, and loving life. <laughs> Walking back across the airfield, here comes a truck, <laughs> just covered again. Yeah. Oh just had dried off. You're you like, you know what? It's not even more. It's not pointless. And 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 your sweat. I mean, you got to be as soon as you get out of the shower, you got to be sweating <laughs> right. like crazy. I right. mean, 128 degrees or whatever. Yeah. So so Van, you, you you were 30 days. I mean, I mean, Lawson was only 18 days. Yeah. You had 30. Days. I was in the old core. <laughs> <laughs> Two years before he arrived. You are older yeah, than yeah. me by well, a lot. Literally an old salt. So you think about <laughs> think about what your body produces in that heat as far as sweat. And you're wearing full gear, right? You've got long sleeve fatigues on, long pants. You've got a body armor on, so a flak jacket, which weighs a lot, and it doesn't breathe at all. You're carrying around a 70, 80-pound pack. 
and you've got a helmet on, and that's what you're walking around in in that heat. And um, so you you're and you're not able to wash your clothes. Now we would wash our clothes in what's called a woolly peat bag or a waterproof bag. We would fill it up with water, dump some soap in there, put our uniforms in there occasionally, shake and then it up, shake it up, and then hang them up to dry. But we only did that, you know, very infrequently. But after about 30 days of not washing yourself or your uniform, you could take off your blouse and basically stand it up in the corner. <laughs> against the you know against the foxhole it was so starched oh my he's the only man who ever used the word blouse and i'm not going to question it yeah yeah the marines wear blouses that's what they call the top see there you go yeah yes sir i hear i hear so many marines in my head right now going quit your whining right now this is ridiculous (laughs) but uh, for for our listeners sake um describe to them the shower that you got, yeah. man, after 30 days. Yeah, they have what's called a senator unit, which is basically just a five-ton truck with these shower heads on the outside of the bed of the truck. So it's this huge tank. It, yeah, it's got a huge tank of water in the back. They use those trucks to wash people down if you've been uh, subjected to chemical warfare. And so they wash the body, you know, your, your body off and your uniform off with those shower heads but when there's no chemical warfare going on they use them for just regular showers so you're out in the middle of the desert we're out in the middle of the saudi arabian desert just south of kuwait and not a soul except for marines out there and at that time they were all male units in the infantry and um, so we just stripped down buck naked and had the time of our lives <laughs> do you say buck or butt i think it's buck oh. is it i, I think you could I, I think used, that's I, interchangeable. I, it, yeah. I think it is. I'm trying to keep we, it clean. We, we what are we talking about on this show? <laughs> yeah. We talked about... We well, have Marines talk, on here. We, we're talking about Marines, and we're talking about um, being naked and not being ashamed. That's no, we what we're not, <laughs> not ashamed at all. Not for spiritual reasons. reasons. It's the last segment we were talking about uh, combat. You know, it's not yeah. it's not a, not a video game. It's not a movie here. We're talking about real bullets and real people. I asked you on the, on the break... Uh, Van, when you were in the military, you were a, a born again believer, right? Going into the military, did you ever feel contradiction of of your faith and what you're called to do and how to treat people, and then being in combat situations? Did those two ever kind of butt up against one another? Yeah, not not for me really. I mean, I think you always have to take the idea that you may be in a position to take someone's life, uh, either out of your own personal defense or. Uh, for a cause like free in a country. And for me, I think you'd asked earlier about, you know, what the perp if you had felt the purpose or the reason for being in that situation. For me, just rolling into Kuwait City uh, minutes after it was liberated and being greeted by hmm. women and children and men who were just so ecstatic yeah, and joyful same. that you were there to free their country. I'm driving through in, in the back of a Humvee, I'm driving through. Kuwait City and it's in shambles. Totally, the Iraqis had just decimated the country, the buildings, the people. They had killed lots of innocent people. Um, so they were just so happy. They're waving the Kuwaiti flag. They're running up to us and saying thank you. You know, there's a lot of political reasons why we were there and certainly protect our interest overseas and oil and all of the other uh, reasons, which are good, you know, good enough reasons. But for me, the satisfaction came from and freeing a country or being part of that i mean you literally saw women and children and you know babies that you 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 in in essence really helped save yeah i mean i felt that way i think whatever the other political purposes were for us being there didn't really matter to me um but just 
my personal experience of helping to free a country from having been oppressed and brutalized by another country was uh, very satisfying. Van, you mentioned uh, in the break that when you got that shower after 30 days, and Lawson, you too, after 18 days, um, but it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal. No, I think, you know, you, you put things in perspective. If I've gotten anything out of that service, mm-hmm. that time, especially in a combat zone, um, it's you, you learn to appreciate the small things in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that situation, a shower is the, you know, or being dirty is the least of your concerns, right? It's just being safe and keeping your men safe. Um, and so uh, it's an inconvenience, but it's not... Uh, you know, it's not that big of a deal when it's, you think about it. It's yeah. be, being safe. That's yeah. the most important thing. But I love showers now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, tell, I tell my wife all the time, I go, I, and I, I mean this in all sincerity because I've been on enough. I haven't been served in the military, but I've been on enough mission trips, you know, to have, uh, you know, no shower and mm-hmm. or a, or a yep. cold shower. And I go, I am so grateful right. for hot water. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. you just pop in the shower and God, thank you for a hot shower because a huge portion of the world's population they they do not get a hot shower so absolutely um wow so so uh van now take us take our listeners to um just real quickly the middle of combat yeah well you know we had talked earlier i think lawson had mentioned about um you know the different wars over you know recent history and certainly by far me included there are so many other veterans that may be listening or certainly out there whether they're listening or not that have experienced some uh combat that's uh, you know that goes sustained yes yeah, sustained combat and or and repeated right you know a lot of these 9-11 veteran post 9-11 veterans have had to go back right. again and again right. so i think but i think what i tell people is you know, you had asked us the question, how did you become interested in combat? Well, I don't know that anybody should be in the right mind interested in mm-hmm. combat. Um, but like an athlete, you're kind of excited about competing or using your skill. And there was a lot of enthusiasm and excitement going into it. Um, but you don't choose combat. Combat chooses you. When you sign up, you don't know what's coming over the next three or four years of your time in the service enlisted or as an officer. And so you're signing up to accept whatever comes your way. I was very, I'm very thankful that... You know, the Gulf War was very quick and over in, what, 100 hours. Um, there were some scary times, but it didn't. It wasn't a protracted uh, conflict, so it didn't last very long. But it was just, uh, you know, I think it was, for me, it was just uh, um, those, those experiences of leading, you know, 45 Marines through that environment, for me, was a growing up period, a maturing experience for me. Wow. Right, we're going to take a break, come back in our fourth and final segment, talk more about now coming out of combat what is it like to get back into civilian life and we're going to take a break our our final break before our fourth and final segment on solid steps radio welcome back to our fourth and final segment of solid steps radio Uh, we are talking military service in honor of veterans for veterans day coming up depending on when you hear this we want to thank our veterans for serving our country and signing on the dotted line to me you get a free pass man you sign on the dotted line go fight for for folks like me and my family you get a free pass and a lot of things so 
Uh, we want to thank them. We also want to thank our sponsors, Dan Hart Financial. If you want to invest your money that God has given you and you want to do it for kingdom purposes and, and for the long haul, not just to retire comfortable, but to put it towards God's purposes, Dan Hart Financial can sit down and look at all your finances and determine what's the best choices for you to make. And again, also thank you to Ellen and Credit Union for being a great sponsor of our shoe. So, okay, so Van and uh, uh, Lawson, talk to us about how you, you've been out of the military now for a number of years but how it still gives you framework and how the military still has served you yeah. um, even now as uh, you're being out. Yeah, I think there's a, there are a lot of different ways, uh, some very practical, the discipline, the, you, know, the, um, you know, being self-motivated, taking the initiative in very uh, ambiguous environments. Um, I think the military, my, my training helped me to do that but I think the other thing, too, as we were talking about earlier, I've just learned an appreciation for everything we have here in this country. Um, you know, there's a, there's a saying that goes, for those who have fought for it, freedom has a special flavor that the protected uh, will never know. Yes. And so uh, not everybody's called to serve in the military, and that's fine. But I do think one of the uh, great benefits of having served and having been in a, you know even limited combat environment you learn an appreciation for all that we have. And um, I think gratitude is something in our society that's uh, in many cases missing. And anytime you can have a sense of gratitude for all that you have and what the cost of freedom is, you think about, again, all these other veterans from previous wars. You know, we're losing World War II veterans because they're aging, you know, they're, they're dying at a, at a rapid rate. Um, and then you look at Korean veterans and Viet, uh, Vietnam veterans, uh, the veterans from Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, there's just a lot there that we need to appreciate for things that we take for granted on a regular basis. I agree with that. States. That's awesome. I, I appreciate the leadership fundamentals that were just beat over and over into us that have lasted um, and the perspective. And, and, and you never lose that, right? I mean, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't think you ever lose that. Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's uh, I mean, yeah, you, you need to sharpen the saw often. Right. But um, perspective, it takes a lot for me to stress about work things or yeah. minutia in life. I stress over I worry over my children. You know, I pray over my wife and her safety and health. And that would something, you know, with them would stress me out. But otherwise, it's it's like a. Um, we're, we're all right. Yeah. You know, this is not bad. Nobody's what we're die. dealing right, right, what we're dealing with right now, you know, at work or right. or whatever, it's, on it's the not, committee is it's not. It's not in the middle of Somalia. Nobody's going to die. Of, and there's no, not dead body, do, dead bodies laying around everywhere. <clears throat> it's. I mean, it really gives you a, a, an eternal perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and the camaraderie among uh, many of those that I got to be with, you know, it was an honor to lead. Uh, it was a privilege to serve, in my opinion, and it's a long line of people that I believe are way better than than I ever was at it. Um, but I'll, I'll cherish those relationships mm. forever. Uh, it is a bond that we pick right back up. You know, if I haven't seen somebody in 10 years, we are immediately reconnected as brothers um, and we'll do anything for one another. Um, so... I feel super fortunate that I got to experience that. I, you said something earlier about um, 
having that gratitude, that feeling fortunate to have been a part of liberating, you know, in a, a country that had been under such awful oppression. And uh, I agree with that. Somalia, I don't think we checked the, we don't, it, it doesn't have a big green check mark beside it. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it just kind of went back to being a mess. Um, and I certainly cannot relate to the guys from Vietnam, but I just want to shout out to to them because, you know, they they were sent in to do something that they didn't ask for and, in, an, in a very ambiguous mission um, and then came home to a society that uh, they didn't get welcomed home with a ticker tape parade. And many of them still today, you know, are, are kind of semi-struggling with um, the validity of what they did and the way that they did it and what they were there for. And so I just want to say welcome home, uh, you know, to them, you are loved and appreciated, um, and really to anybody that has has undergone combat or, or experiences far worse than I ever saw. Um, there are people out there today that are that are that are hurting. Um, if you if you are there, there are people that want to do for you and help you what with in with any way we can. Um, you got Lawson. You got something coming up. Um, yeah, that that you're a part of. That's a faith-based opportunity for those who have served. Talk to our listeners. Yeah, we don't about we that. don't lead we don't lead as a with it as a faith base, but everybody associated with it is just deeply steeped in their faith, and and I appreciate that. There's a a really special hospital in Atlanta, Georgia, called the Shepherd Center. Um, they specialize in brain and spinal cord injury uh, restoration, and uh, through an initial foundation, uh, you know, infusion of money, they began a program specifically for veterans, uh, post 9-11 veterans that had sustained a traumatic brain injury in combat. So it's a very specific um, program. And so if, if someone out there is struggling with uh, TBI or PTS, go to shepherdsmen.com. Uh, we are actually having an event I'm I'm living in Atlanta, but I'm back here today to see you guys, which I love. Uh, on November the 16th, the Friday, November 16th, which is the week of uh, Veterans Day, uh, GE Appliances is having a Shepherd's Men Day to raise help us raise awareness and money. Uh, it's for their employees, uh, but so in other words, it's not an open invitation to come and do this event. It's a run around Appliance Park. Um, and that's the part that's for the employees. But but if you're within earshot of this message today um, and feel like you want to meet uh, and maybe raise your hand, you know you're struggling with, with something related to a TBI. Or, or you know of someone. You have a friend who yep. served. Reach out on shepherdsmen.com and, and, and you know, last resort, come, come on the 16th to, to, to Appliance Park and uh, ask around for me. Uh, ask around for one of the shepherd's men, and we will beeline to you. Mm. What's TBI? Traumatic brain injury. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So Lawson. So Lawson Brown, and again, the website is? Shepherdsmen.com. Shepherdsmen.com. Awesome. Thank you, Lawson. Hey, uh, guys, it, uh, the hour has flown by, but I just, again, I want to say thank you. Thank you for serving and that's uh, to all our listeners who you have served in the military, um, men and women. Uh, uh, and you want to jump in, Well, Chad? Or Van, you had shared something about serving 
I ask you about you know how it, it still affects you to this day in the positive. Talk about right. how serving for the greater good. What we talked about earlier. Yeah, you know, I've uh, I've talked to many parents, uh, especially moms, who are concerned sometimes that their kids are interested in serving about the danger, and that's understandable. But I think you know we're not all called to serve in the military, but especially as Christians, we're called to serve to be service minded. Mm-hmm. I think in our culture we are. Uh, we like to be comfortable, and we're risk averse. I think we need to take more risk for the greater good, and I think everybody mm-hmm. needs to find a way to serve mm-hmm. uh, for a cause that's bigger than themselves. And I've told my kids before, whether it's the Marine Corps or the Peace Corps or the Red Cross or the mission field, find some way to serve during your lifetime where you're doing something that's not about just yourself but about helping others and serving the greater good, the good. Well, uh, well, well said, and that's that's right out of the Bible. I mean, Jesus, the Son of Man, he he said, I, "I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many." I mean, that is the gospel of Christ, and uh, and and we're called. You know, Paul says in Second uh, Timothy, we're we're called to be uh, soldiers, live and be like soldiers, and. Uh, that's good stuff. But thank you, guys. You too. And our listeners, thank you thanks for, for listening. doing what you do. Oh, thanks. And uh, it's just mm-hmm. it's so good to see you. I get to see Van once you know, a lot more <laughs> often. But Lawson, it's so great to have you back. You too. Um, Van, would you pray for us men that we would step up to the plate? We would be men of courage, and we would take steps of faith and risk for the glory of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. You pray for us? Yeah, thank you, Kirk. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before your presence. We're just humbled by your love for us. And you set the ultimate example to us of service and sacrifice. And we thank you for the free gift of salvation uh, through the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. And we just ask, Father God, for those who are listening to this program who may be unsaved, I pray that you touch their hearts and, um, and send a Christian to cross their path to minister to their needs and to, uh, to share the good news of the gospel with them. And I just pray that you'd help us to be ever mindful mm. about our primary mission as, as Christians, first with our families, with our kids and our wives, but then to our community uh, to share the good news of the gospel and to share it in love, but in also, also boldness. I just pray, God, that we would be willing to take risk for your glory, that we'd be willing to serve and to sacrifice uh, for your glory and for your purposes. I pray, God, for all those veterans out there today who have um, who may be dealing with PTS, uh, who may have had a, a very difficult experience in combat or may just be struggling in other ways. I pray, God, for your blessings upon them. I pray that they mm-hmm. would, you would provide the help that they need and help them uh, for, for, uh, foremost to just feel a sense of gratitude from, from our country for the sacrifices they've made for our freedom. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm. Thank you, Van. Thank you, Lawson. Appreciate you guys. You know, there's a bumper sticker out there floating around that says, freedom isn't free. And I, that becomes so politicized. But the truth of the matter is, it, it's a true statement. There are men and women who sign on the dotted line to say, I will go out and I will protect our freedom. And to me, you get a free pass in my book. You're a su- real-life superhero. Whether you are sur- driving a truck in the military base or whether you're on the front lines, you are, you are raising your hand to say, I will sacrifice my life, not just my life, literally like with bullets life, but the time away from family, the wives and the kids, mm-hmm. the sacrifice that they have to make, it is, it is just humbling. And so if you wear the uniform or you have wore the uniform, 
uh, I salute you. I'm humbled by you. And like I said, you should get a free pass. If I had any say so, you wouldn't pay taxes. You'd, you'd get, you get to go to the front of the line. I, I, I any, agree anytime with you that. walk in a dude, restaurant, dude, you get to go to the front of the line. Dude, my I, I agree Chad with for president. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, we want to thank our listeners for listening and uh, pass this along to somebody who may want to hear us. Uh, again, uh, Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Type in Solid Steps Radio. Thank you for listening again to Solid Steps Radio.